Pure Calgary Flames only play here. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Through 60 minutes and beyond, the Flames Talk post-game show starts now. Live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. Let's get some post-game reaction right now to kick us off following a 3-2 overtime win over the New York Rangers. Let's head to the Flames locker room and check in with the overtime goal scorer, Michael Backlund, who redirects home the game winner at a buck 28 of overtime. Michael, I guess uh, walk us through the goal first of all and uh, what you saw and how it all came about and uh, a big two points for your group tonight. Yeah, huge two points. Uh, I felt great. Uh, Nice to finally win an OT, OT game, um, a tight game. Um, and yeah, no, we got some good movement there. Uh, nice fan by me, and but Hubi did a great <laughs> job retrieving the puck. And, uh, you know, and then uh, Ras kept it in and got some movement going. And uh, great play by Hubi, seeing me alone in front. And uh, it was an easy, pretty easy shot of tip when you see it coming like that. How how much did the group need this one? I know that it has not been the maybe the most enjoyable week, all things considered. So how much did this one need to happen for your group, Michael? Yeah, I know it's a huge win. Uh, we had a good talk this morning about you know focus on the future, uh, not the past, and I uh, uh, thought we came out with a lot of juice and energy in the first period and dominated the game. And uh, you know they pushed back, um, but. It's a huge win for us to come back and uh, even though they tie late to find a way to win it. I mean, there's been a lot of games this, mm-hmm. like this one uh, uh, this year and we haven't found ways to win, so it's a big one. The you, you come out, you score the two goals, you set up Andrew on the one nothing goal and you have that 2 nothing lead. You mentioned that the Rangers come back, they tie it, they force overtime. But just overall, how did you like your group and your overall game tonight? No, I thought we, we played well. I thought... Uh, I thought... Uh, you know, like I said, came out with a really good start. Um, even in the second, I thought we played well. They had some shifts there, but uh, they got a little energy uh, and a push in the third. Um, and, uh, you know, the power play there and, uh, and they get that goal. But other than that, I thought we were the better team all night and uh, it was a good game by us. And, and once again, Michael, your group outshoots and, and is able to spend a lot more time on the attack than the opposition. Uh, and and it's, it's something that your group has done very well. I guess what was the key in, in being able to, to make a couple go in, especially early in the first period? I guess walk us through how, how you're able to, to start the game the way you did. Well, you know, just like we talked about everything, that's the way we played last game and <coughs> sorry how the week has been. Uh, we want to come out with a great start and uh, come out with a lot of energy. And, uh, and uh, you know, that's what I thought we did. Uh, I mean, Mandy scoring first shift definitely brings a lot of energy to the group. And uh, then Nelson uh, scores in the shift right after. I mean, mm-hmm. it gets the whole whole arena going and it gets the team going. So uh, it was a huge start for us and uh, I carried the whole game. Michael, congratulations on the goal. Congratulations on the big night. And more importantly, congratulations on the win. Thanks for doing this, hey? Yeah, thanks, Pat. That's Michael Backlund postgame after a 3-2 overtime win for the Flames over the New York Rangers. And let's right now head to the Ed Whalen Media Lounge, check in with head coach Daryl Sutter, his thoughts following this one tonight. You think uh, that one tonight? Good effort. Really good effort by our club. What did you think of Huberto's play tonight? I thought our top guys, including Jonathan, were outstanding. Mark Hume, Jonathan, Noah Rouse, Weeks, Tanny. How do you like the response after the second New York goal? This game plan, right? Ebbs and flows in the game, stick to the game plan. We did. Didn't like the call. 
on NAS, that's for sure. I'd see if it's 5-1 or something like that, but 2-1 hockey you know, down the stretch. We talked the other night about motion besides just scoring too early. What did you see out of your group kind of right at the start tonight? Well, I think there's better energy tonight. I said that last game was, wasn't that big a deal, right? Come home from a trip, didn't have a lot of energy. Don't have energy, you don't have much emotion. Tonight there was more emotion, which was visible. What was the explanation from the official on Nazim's 10 minute misconduct? Explanation? They warned him. He was arguing it's penalty. Okay, you guys. There you go. There's head coach Daryl Sutter. Post game, final score Flames 3. Rangers 2 in overtime, a fun one at the Scotiabank Saddledome on a Saturday night. My name is Pat Steinberg with Peter Labardius and Derek Wills around the table. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. Worried about radon? They install custom mitigation systems to reduce your risk. To learn more and for all things basement-y, visit dlbasementsystems.com. We've already heard from Michael Backlund, the overtime hero, joined us Live here on our Flames Talk post game. We've also heard from head coach Daryl Sutter, and very shortly we'll be hearing from Kale McLean, who I uh, already saw walking our way. So he's making his way into the room right now there in is. the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. And uh, I, I asked Michael Backlund how much. Let me flip that guy around. Just make sure that. It it's all doesn't get all weird on you. Um, I asked uh, I asked Michael Backlund just a couple of minutes ago as we welcome in Kale McLean, assistant coach of the Flames right now. I asked him how much did the group need that one. He said, "Yeah, that was that was a big one. It felt good." What about uh, what about you? How much did the Flames need that one tonight? Uh, you know, I, we really needed it. Obviously, who's kidding? Who? We're, we need every point we can get right now. But uh, the thing that I think is really uh, sort of needed and really good to see was a really good checking game and uh, you know credit to our goaltender whenever you play a good checking game he's usually he's usually leading the way but I thought uh, overall we held them who are a dangerous team to you know some reasonable chances they could turn it up at times but in general I thought that we did a pretty good job there and and found a way to win a game in overtime which is really important for us too. Kale, how well did you feel like your defense managed the puck tonight? I thought they held it at times when they needed to, made smart decisions. Um, yeah. for, for your team, just seems on nights where that happens, they're generally some pretty good nights. Yeah, I 100% agree because then you can come out of your zone together, and when you come out together, suddenly you have, whether or not you're, you're entering with possession, you have um, some cohesion on your forecheck, and then – it just it just builds on everything. Now they can't get out as easily, and so I thought that the guys did a good job of understanding where their pressure is going to come from. We kept the puck uh, moving pretty well against some heavy pressure, and at times we knew when to um, hold on to it. And as you say, whether it was hit the middle or hit the weak side, I thought that uh, there were a number of times tonight where guys had some good poise with the puck, and it, it really showed up. Jacob Pelche picks up his first NHL assist. Uh, he plays a career-high 16 minutes and 17 seconds. And something we've talked a lot about uh, during broadcasts of late is uh, some of the subtle plays that he makes that you usually don't see young players make at yeah. this level. What have you thought of uh, Pelche's growth uh, since joining the Flames? 
Yeah, I, I think that's exactly it. You hit it on the head is that uh, it, when you watch him play over the course of a game, he might not do spectacular things, but he generally does good things with the puck. It generally moves to a better place after he touches it. And that is, as you know, you can see with a lot of people who try to play in the NHL, that's a real talent. And the guys that can make that happen usually stick a while. So I think that he's shown some good progression there in terms of being smart with the puck and having poise with it uh, for a young man. And at the same time, I thought their line tonight like had some moxie to their game. Mm-hmm. I thought that they had some offensive zone time where they were f- sort of feeling each other's presence and making the small plays that we haven't seen them do as much. And I thought that's a really good sign because, as you say, Nazem Kadri is a smart player. Jacob Pelche has good awareness and poise with the puck. And Jonathan Huberdeau many times tonight showed some real savvy with the puck, uh, beat people one-on-one, and then found guys in the right spot. So good things to see. Mm-hmm. With Kale McLean, Flames assistant coach, following a 3-2 overtime win over the New York Rangers. Must be, it's not like you haven't won in overtime this year because <laughs> you have, but it, it feels like the, it, it hasn't gone your way a lot of times. Yeah. To get that power play, I just I said to myself down here watching when you got the power play, I'm like, I, I bet you, I bet you, it's going to be an urgent power play, and and it kind of felt that way. Did did you like what you saw from your group three on three and then four on three? Yeah, uh, three on three. I can't uh, assess too much in the the fifty seconds. Yeah, I guess there's very little. Yeah, very little three on. Three. Very little, but you know what? When you get a the way our overtimes have been rolling, uh, as you're saying, Pat, like you get a chance, you got to find a way to to uh, finish the deal. And I thought it was a really good timeout. I thought that was a smart thing to do at that time, like give the guys rest, chat about it a little bit, make sure that we're all on the same page. And uh, the mentality of sort of motion and also the shot mentality. Like sometimes it's as simple as that, right? Seeing that there's an open stick in front of the net and delivering it there. So uh, really excited to get the win and, and, you know, in the fashion of having that power play opportunity and getting the job done. That's it, great. It's This sport to me, Kale, is interesting because, you know, Tyler Toffoli doesn't play a part in the overtime goal, but his great battle to stay with it and, yeah. and in part help the whole sequence where the Rangers-Fox takes a penalty – that was like that was one of the great battles of the game. Yeah, isn't that like uh, you think of it when a team's going in the right direction? A lot of times you can you can go to little things like that where you you know whether it's a shot block during a, a key penalty kill or a, a battle like that to create an opportunity. So that's a that is a good thing to point out. That's that's how teams win is when guys do little things well. Kale, it, it feels like almost the entire season has been one or two good games, one or two bad games. Uh, roller coasters are fun to ride if you're visiting uh, Callaway Park or Canada's Wonderland or Six Flags. Not so much if you're a hockey team. So how do you guys get off uh, the roller coaster ride that this season has been and, and string some good games and hopefully some wins together here? Well, obviously, that's exactly what we want to do. I, I agree with you. I'd rather be going roller coasters <laughs> in the summer, roller coasters in July and August. Um, but I think the the big thing, and that's why we talked about it at the beginning, was uh, the idea that we had a pretty tight checking game against a very explosive team. What do they have, four goals plus in their last seven games in a row? So um, to I think that's how we do it. 
as if we continue to check in that fashion, we make sure we're going to score our goals, but we have to make sure that we're airtight as we get down the stretch here. And if we want to put consistency together, we've got to make sure that we're sharp. We're not giving up a lot of odd mans. We're not giving, giving up a lot of looks high danger wise in our zone. And you're going to give up some. It's inevitable. But um, finding a way to keep teams to two or less, that's a good recipe. Thank you, Cal. Appreciate Thanks, the time. Right. As Thanks, always. Guys. It's Cal McLean, Flames assistant coach, following a 3-2 overtime win over the New York Rangers here at the Scotiabank. Saddledome, Calgary snaps a minute two-game losing skid, and uh, they split their season series right down the middle with New York. Rangers overtime win a little less than two weeks ago at Madison Square Garden. Flames overtime win tonight, and uh, a lot of good things done by the Flames tonight in a 3-2 victory. I thought that they, uh, look, you don't like to give up a 2-0 lead, absolutely, but I, I thought... I thought full marks for the two points tonight. Oh, I agree, Pat. And, you know, it. You, Derek just asked about, you know, Six Flags or Space Mountain or Splash or whatever the heck they got going on there these days in Disneyland. But um, there are games, and it hasn't always worked into great results. I'd take Ottawa last Monday. I'd use tonight. I'd use Buffalo. That's how this team has to play. It's exactly what Kale said. This team needs to move pucks smartly out of their own zone. They need to get to their forecheck. They need to spend some time in the offensive zone. And that is how this team builds shifts and builds periods and builds games. So, yes, even had they lost tonight, and, and again, you're now in a position, and I get it, it's different now. You know, you need every single point you can get. Mm -hmm. um, your goalie had a good, solid game. Lots of good things tonight. But when you play to your identity and how you have to play, which they did tonight against a very, very good team, who, frankly, I didn't think looked all that interested for at least the first period. Then they kind of got to it much better. Second half of back-to-back, -back, final game of a road trip. You can understand the, that, too. And they'd won seven in a row. Seven in a row, And yep. came from behind last night down 4-1 in Edmonton, um, where the checking challenge for them was different. But the Calgary Flames played the way they have to play to give themselves a chance. And when you play the right way, I still believe more often than not, you get results. It's funny because I think the Flames have played most of their best hockey against good teams. Mm -hmm. And they've struggled in a lot of games against teams that on paper it looks like they should beat. And we've talked about the roller coaster. Chris Tanev talked about it after that 5-2 loss to the Red Wings on Thursday night. they got to get off the roller coaster. Well, you got a Flyers team coming in here that's not going to the playoffs. You can't play a good game against a good team and win tonight and then play a bad game against a not-so-good team and lose on Monday afternoon. Y you have to s stop doing that. you got to get off the roller coaster, get out of the amu amusement park, and string some good games and some wins together here. That's what it's going to take to get into the playoffs. And tonight was a big game for the team. And helping to lead the way were the two guys who have had the biggest targets on their back this season. Jonathan Huberdeau with two assists tonight, including the primary and the game-winning goal by Michael Backlund. Jacob Markstrom gets a big win. Really happy for those two guys. And I hope that the success that they had and that their team had tonight will help them 
start trending in the right direction and in turn help this team start trending in the right direction. They're two of the most important players on this team. And if the Flames are going to get to where they want to go, which is first and foremost, back to the Stanley Cup playoffs, those two guys are going to have to be better in the final 27 games, tonight's included, than they were in the first 55. And tonight was a good first step. And as I talked about with Jonathan earlier today, people don't remember how players or teams start seasons. They remember how they finish them, good or bad. And they've got got a chance to flip the script here. Yep. And in all sincerity, I think that's the way it should be because, yep. you know, it's it's always difficult to keep things in proper perspective at times in what is a very game-by-game. Game. And this year, maybe more so just because of the up-and-down nature. And guess what? What are we at, 33 one-goal games yep. now? 33 of 56. You know, so it's it's not been an easy season in any way, shape, or form. There have not been a lot of rides you know, tonight could have been if if Mangiapane scores on the breakaway and it's 3 nothing. maybe the other guys take their ball and go home a little earlier. But Halak wouldn't allow that to happen. Um, but, Derek, everything he said is exactly right. And I said to you at the end of the game, and, Patty, I said to you, I had a good feeling that the Flames are going to respond and play a good, good, good game tonight. I didn't know how it was going to work out. But I'm not judging the rest of the year necessarily against the New York Rangers mm-hmm. or when the Toronto Maple Leafs come here. I'm judging against Philadelphia. I'm judging they have games with Arizona, San Jose. Like, I really believe, and now I'm really going to keep track in the last 27 games, what their record is between now and the end of the season against non-playoff teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're all important. Don't get me wrong. But they'd better have about a 750 point percentage or better against. I agree teams. with you, Derek, and and it's really in a big way why they are in this tough fight that they're in. Yep. Yep. The roller coaster has been something they're on all year. And Derek, to your point, if Jonathan Huberto and Jacob Markstrom aren't high end players between now and and on a regular basis between now and the end of the season. I don't think they're going to get off the roller coaster. That's that's going to that's be fair. absolutely key for them getting off this thrill ride, which hasn't been necessarily thrilling if you're a Flames fan so far. So, yeah, good start. I thought Markstrom was solid start to finish in this game tonight. We'll get to his save of the game in a little bit. And Huberdo, I probably should have named him a star. It gets all gets all wonky when you're doing overtime and you got to choose him for all different outcomes. As soon as I sent it, I was like, I should have probably gone Huberdo as a star. And then, of course, he assisted on the overtime winner. But I thought he was really strong tonight. Yeah. Um, just was a was a good game for those two guys and I'm with you that's that's really important maybe this will be the turning point for Jacob Markstrom and the reason I say that is so the Flames took that early 2-0 lead third fastest start in franchise history and what did I say to you when they scored those two quick goals I'm like quite often in games where you score quickly and the lead comes easily you can get fooled into thinking the win's going to come easily I've seen it so many times, and it's not like the Flames necessarily let their foot off the gas. You can't do that against a red-hot team like the Rangers that came in with seven-game winning and nine-game point streaks, but you knew there was going to be a pushback. I think the Rangers are one of the best teams in the league. They were the hottest team in the league, and they pushed in the second and third periods. They were a lot better in the final 40-plus minutes than they were in the first 20. So 2 nothing 
turns into 2-2. And I don't know about you guys. I didn't say it on the air, but I thought it. Is this going to be another one of those nights for Jacob Markstrom where he plays a good game and the guys just don't get it done? (laughs) You have a 2-0 lead, you let it slip away, and you lose 3-2. Well, no, it didn't go that way this time. Too many games have gone that way. And I think that's what's been frustrating for Jacob Markstrom. The guy just wants to help his team win. And you, you think about what happened to him and to the Flames on Monday night in Ottawa where they had a 3-1 lead with less than three minutes left, and they lose 4-3 in overtime. Three goals in four minutes and nine seconds on, what was it, four shots? There have been too many of those nights for Markstrom and the Flames this season. It looked like tonight might be another one of those nights when the Rangers tied the game at two. Markstrom and the Flames didn't let it happen. And that's why I wonder if, especially after everything that was said this week, if this might be the game that gets Markstrom, first and foremost, back on track. We know how good he can be when he's at the top of his game. And if we start to see that guy, the Flames are going to be tough to beat. He had some juice in the scrum yesterday. Yep. Mm -hmm. I have not seen him like that since he arrived here at any time. Yep. Didn't want to be... uh in the uh, anywhere near those eyes because they were shooting <laughs> lasers right at you. And I loved it. It was awesome on Friday after practice. Uh, Flames win 3-2 in overtime. It's Derek Wills, Peter Labardius. My name is Pat Steinberg. Uh, as we're underway on your Flames Talk postgame show on this Saturday night, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get to tonight's save of the game brought to you by Shane Holmes. Made a big one in overtime to keep it 2-2, but the save of the game comes from Jacob Markstrom in period number three. Fox, who gives it back to Zibanejad, who slides it near side to Panarin, who shoots, it's tipped in front, Zibanejad is shot, and he fires it wide of a wide open Flames net. No, no Markstrom did. Wow. What a blocker stop by Markstrom. As a great stop from Jacob Markstrom in the third period. That's his save of the game. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. For every save a Flames goaltender makes, Shane Holmes makes a donation to Kids Sport Calgary. Visit shaneholmes.com, the better way to build. And, uh, yeah, that uh, that was that was a really strong night. I know it's only 18 on 20, but I, Doesn't I, thought matter. He, I thought he looked really, really dialed. I thought he was in control. I just He looked, he looked like a very confident goaltender tonight, Lou. Pat? I would say this. I thought he took a step. I still think, and you might find this hard to believe after the way he played tonight, I still think he's about a fraction away from being a goalie that lets the game come to him as opposed to, like, really pushing himself on the game. But he made some very big saves. He plays the puck well. And I am just delighted for him that he's going to go home tonight with a smile on his face, and he has every reason to do that. I don't disagree, but you've got to start somewhere. Oh, at, well, at some point I'm in not time, being critical. No, no, I'm I know. Just, uh, at some point in time, you've got to take a step in the right direction. Absolutely. You can't take two steps at once. Just take one step yep. and then try to take another step if he gets to start on Monday afternoon when the Flyers come to town. But uh, it's just been such a tough go for him. And it's, I think, difficult for a guy as competitive as Jacob Markstrom to relax and let the game come to him when he's so frustrated that he doesn't know what to do with himself. That's exactly right. It's hard. Really hard. Hopefully tonight 
helps him with that frustration, even if it's just a little bit. Well, and on the Huberdeau front, like he he was letting the game come to him tonight, Lou. Like there there were Oof. there was that stretch. I think it was in the second period where on the same shift he made three passes, also banked a puck off the uh, off the net right back, back to, to himself. himself, and then was, made another feed. You're like, okay, that's. Uh, Jonathan Huberdeau's feeling it tonight. He was he was dialed. He has two primary assists, including the primary on the overtime winner. He was really good tonight. Well, when you think about everything he's had to deal with in the last 48 hours, yeah. courtesy of his agent, um, who I think in part was trying to potentially take a little heat in some respects off his client and maybe put it in another place with his comments that said a lot about Jonathan Huberto tonight. And he has had a really tough year. And it's not because he is not a good teammate and does not care deeply. But it was magic on his stick tonight. Yep. And there were probably four times in the game tonight where I just looked at you and you looked back and we're shaking our head like his vision and when he's feeling it and not forcing it, he... He is an elite passer of the hockey puck, and tonight he truly was an elite passer of the hockey puck. And, yep. and the thing is, too, guys with elite passers, they're not going to put everyone on somebody's tape for two reasons. When you're a pass-first guy, in some ways, you always want to make that pretty perfect pass, and even more so when you're fighting it a little bit. But he was, he was excellent tonight. I'm so happy for him. Yep. Big night for Jonathan Huberdo. By the way, our marquee matchup tonight brought to you by Country Hills Toyota. We were talking a little bit about, uh, well, the rematch. Rangers, Flames, that game a little less than two weeks ago at Madison Square Garden was full of fireworks. Didn't have those fireworks tonight, but it was a fun game, well-played game, and the Flames get the two points when it's all said and done. And they'll try to uh, carry this over into Monday afternoon, little family day matinee when the Flames welcome the Philadelphia Flyers. That's next up for Calgary as they continue their push for the postseason, try to get themselves in for a second consecutive year. And it's funny, I, I, I do think, Derek, when, when Lou talks about um, Alan Walsh, the, the agent for Jonathan Huberdeau, trying to take some heat off his client, I think that's exactly what he was attempting to do. Yeah, put it all on me, put it all on me, put it all on me. I, I think that's exactly what he was trying to do. And I just... Look, it's only one game since what we saw on Friday, but we were all here on Friday. And listening to Jacob Markstrom, as Lou referenced earlier, and how fiery he was, listening to Mackenzie Weger, listening to Jonathan, even listening to the players in the locker room today, for the first time, I actually feel like, okay, maybe the Flames can rally around something. I think any other time that we've talked about that this year, it's been manufactured or you're crossing your fingers and hoping that's the case. This time, just judging on on how fired up they were and how upset they were about everything, I could absolutely – I'm hoping anyway, and I don't think it's completely misplaced hope that maybe they can use all of what was swirling around the last 48 hours and use it as something that brings them a little bit closer together and gets them a little bit more on the right track. i got to be honest, I have no idea what Alan Walsh was trying to do. Maybe he was trying to take some heat off of Jonathan Huberdeau. It's not the sense that I got the next morning when Huberdeau seemed completely off guard by what happened. Um, But maybe – Maybe if he wasn't doing that, he inadvertently did that. He was trying to put some ownership 
on the head coach. Oh, there's that, no doubt. There's no doubt about exactly that. Exactly what. Yeah. His intention. Was. No doubt about that. Uh, I think that's the one thing that we can all agree on. Uh, well, ultimately, Jonathan Huberto has to be better down the stretch than he's been to this point in the season, and he'll be the first guy to tell you that. He told me that today when we chatted. So, whatever it takes to to make that happen. He has to be uh, the grand marshal of that parade, but that doesn't mean that uh, all of his teammates, uh, guys who wear skates and, and don't wear skates during the game, can't help him. So, again, just like I said with Jacob Markstrom, you've got to start somewhere. And literally, if you listen to my call of the overtime goal, when the puck ended up on Huberto's stick, what did I say? He could use one. And what did he do? He put the puck on net, didn't go directly in, but went off back Linden in. And I know he didn't get the goal, but a primary assist is uh, that's a pretty good consolation prize for a guy who needed to have the type of game that Jonathan Huberto had tonight. Another game where he looked like one of the premier playmakers in the NHL. Mm -hmm. And for a good chunk of the season, he's looked like a guy who's trying to force plays that aren't there. He didn't do that tonight. He was dynamic tonight and stood out for all the right reasons tonight. So... Again, I, I come back to the two guys who have had the biggest targets on their back, Markstrom and Huberto. Really good night for both of those guys and in turn for the Flames as well. And let's see if this is finally the game that gets them going. I, I still think this team has a lot of unlocked potential. I've probably sounded like a broken record saying that all season long. And the, the good news for the Flames is there's still time to get to where they want to go. And as I've said, and I said this uh, when I was chatting with Huberto this morning, if you get to the playoffs, even if you're the eight seed and a huge underdog going in to that series against the one seed and you win game one, the first 82 games you played don't really matter no, anymore because you've got home ice advantage. The only advantage the other team has is they get to play game seven on home ice. If that's even an advantage, I'm not sure it is in this day and age with all the distractions out there, but just get there. And uh, the other thing we've heard from coaches and players this week, they all believe that this Flames team is built for the playoffs more so than it's built for the regular season and that's been an interesting takeaway for me this week uh also in this game it's actually crazy to think about it so the Flames had a uh, prior record of the fastest two goals to start a hockey game uh they broke that record in December when Dylan Dubé scored 15 seconds in and Tyler Toffoli scored 30 seconds in. That was a new record for fastest start to a hockey game, fastest two goals to start a hockey game for the Flames. And then uh, today in this game, they get the third fastest start to a hockey game in franchise history. And they do that by scoring goals at uh, 30, uh, 38 seconds and 46 seconds. Uh, so it's it's uh, that's that's the type of way you want to start a start a hockey game now look you don't see that all the time but you could tell Lou they came out with a bit of a purpose tonight they well, look sure urgent they to start this hockey game and that uh, allows you to play with a lead and I know that it didn't stretch beyond two but even playing with a lead for a good chunk of the first period must felt must have well felt you're nice not chasing it all night exactly it's still even when you get to overtime I don't, I don't think people understand sometimes how taxing it is to chase games like it's really difficult and this season has been so taxing and it's still turned into a taxing night because 
you're one shot away from losing again in a game where it started really well. But the New York Rangers are too good a team. You knew they were going to push back. Um, And even on the tying goal, you're two seconds away from killing off the penalty. Yep. Two. And you did a pretty darn good job right up until Trocek finds Lafreniere. And Lafreniere, to his credit, he didn't just shoot it and stay there. He shot it and he went to the net. And, you know, Blake Coleman made a desperate effort to kind of sweep it off. But Lafreniere's stick was there anyway, so it was going to go in. They're a really, really good hockey team. I like them a lot, even though, you know, I didn't love their whole game tonight from start to finish. And give Andrew Mangiapane a lot of credit. That's a beautiful opening goal. Takes a pass in the middle of the ice, drives around K. Andre Miller, fends him off, opens up Halak, goes to the deke, and, you know, starts the ball rolling. I don't want to get into a big discussion about this. The crowd was interesting for me tonight. I was just thinking the same thing. Now, what were you thinking? See if it matches what I was thinking. What I was thinking is that the Flames gave the fans something to cheer about with the way they played in the first period. And then when the Flames kind of needed the crowd, when the Rangers started to turn the game in the second and third period, the, the fans stepped up inside of Scotiabank Saddledome tonight and uh, tried to get the guys going when uh, the Rangers were, for a, a period, the better of the two teams. I think they've done a nice job. But here's how I felt about the game from a crowd perspective. They're used this year to being disappointed. Yeah. And and I thought even at 2 nothing, I didn't... Like, that game tonight in here, at least, and I know we have our headsets on, probably be a better judge for even Patty, who, you know, doesn't have his headset on all night. There was apprehension and nervousness on a night where I thought this place had a chance to really buzz on a Saturday night with the Rangers in town. But I understand. I understand. Mm -hmm. You know, you've... You've seen leads go away. You've seen some efforts lately in this building that haven't been the best. The only thing I didn't like from the fans tonight, and you know exactly where I'm going. Yeah, I know. Jacob Markstrom makes an easy save early in the first period and gets the Bronx cheer. I'm like, really? Like, he's your goaltender. (laughs) You're going to get to where you want to go. It's probably going to be with him between the pipes. He already feels terrible about how his season has gone. He doesn't need more heat from the fans. So hopefully uh, him and the Flames getting a win tonight will take a little bit of the heat off of them. And and I don't even blame the fans for being apprehensive. Well, I don't blame them for being apprehensive, but booing your number no, one well, goaltender is not, no not the best idea either. They, they booed him tonight? Well, they didn't boo him. It was the Bronx cheer. It might as well be a boo. The first save off Kreider. Yes. I mean, that was my feeling when he made that save. It was a flip from 50 feet. Right, the, the, on the Bronx. Yeah, I thought the, I, I thought the same thing. Yeah, too. the very first. But again, it's, oh, it's, it's difficult. And yep. it's listen, it's difficult for us a lot of nights to keep it all in proper perspective. I look back to, you know, feeling shell shocked the other night when what happened in Ottawa happened. People here care, and and yep. Canadian markets care, and but again, as Derek just pointed out and I'll back it up maybe the rest of the way take some heat off Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not telling you how to well no I kind of am so (laughs) 
I don't like to do that, and I and I understand. And if I wasn't an incredibly passionate sports person myself, it's not like I don't understand. But these guys have had enough heat on them this year. Trust me. Yeah. And the last 48 hours has – you take it for what you want and you take it to where you want. It's been a hard year here. So – Yeah, agreed. And everybody wants the same thing anyway. So, anyway, just, if, if just I was a player, out. I, I would want to feel like the fans were in my corner, even, even if I've struggled. And he's struggled. There's no doubt about it. He's said as much himself. Uh, hopefully this starts to change the narrative a little bit. It's going to probably take a little bit of time. And – Quite frankly, well, he'll need he'll if, need to be a part of it as yeah, well. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. He he's going to have to lead the charge. Yep. And tonight was a good first step for him. Uh, and quite frankly, I don't blame the fans if they were apprehensive when the game was two one and then two two because I was apprehensive. Why wouldn't you be? Because we've seen this movie before, but there was a different ending tonight. I've been waiting for a turning point all season, and we're not going to know if tonight was that turning point for quite some time, but. I'm wondering if it will be, so we'll see. Final score, uh, 3-2 in overtime. Flames end up beating the New York Rangers on this Saturday night. Michael Backlund scores the overtime winner 88 seconds into the extra frame. Peter Labardius, Derek Wills, my name is Pat Steinberg. One more piece of business to get to with you two, and it is our Player with Heart brought to you by HeartFit Clinic. Lou, which way are you going tonight? Honorable mention to Michael Backlund, who I thought had another outstanding game and Pat on a night that was really hard to pick stars. He could have easily yep. been for me one or two or three um, honorable mention, but I'm I'm going with Jonathan Huberto tonight. It has been a difficult season. He was in the eye of the storm yesterday, whether yeah. he wanted to be or not, and it says a lot about the character of a person to go out under that kind of heat and spotlight and deliver the way he did with probably one of his best games of the year particularly in this arena jonathan huberdo is your player with heart brought to you by heart fit clinic for heart fit assessments and proven treatments not available at your doctor's office visit heartfit.ca phone lines open 403-240-4444 call now text line open 960 960 text now flames win on a saturday night 3-2 in overtime over the new york rangers we'll get to your phone calls and your texts very very shortly we'll also uh, head back inside the flames locker room a few more times as we continue on your flames talk post game show on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tonight's game has been brought to you by Country Hills Toyota. Let's get some final thoughts around the table from our broadcast crew, starting with Peter Labardius. Well, I'm going to go a little different tonight, but not really. At the end of the game the other night, I was almost heartbroken to see Chris Tanev take that loss and put a lot of it on himself. But it shows what kind of leader, competitor he is. And I thought he was great tonight. And I don't know, like Derek has said a few times in this post-game show, you never know in life what's going to bring people together and galvanize them. But I don't think they've been a galvanized group this year. That's as honest as I can be, whether it's things I hear from the inside who are people around a lot more than I am now that we are not, you know, in the teeth of it each and every day with the group but i'll leave you guys with this that's a heck of a response coming off of the last 48 hours elias lindholm might be the flames best player 
and they were able to win a game without him tonight. And I think the whole group uh, deserves a pat on the back for that. And I'm thinking about Elias and his fiance Annika. I don't know if they've had their first child yet, but if they haven't, uh, it'll probably happen sometime soon. So all the best to Elias and, and Annika uh, on what could uh, be a, a big day or at least a, a big long weekend uh, for their family. Uh, as far as the Flames are concerned, what a great start to this game. Third fastest start in uh, franchise history with those goals that were scored uh, eight seconds apart uh, at the 38 and 46 second marks uh, by Andrew Majapani and Nazem Kadri. And looked like they were in complete control of the hockey game, uh, but they couldn't get that third one. And I give a lot of credit to Yaroslav Halak, who's played some really good hockey uh, and has played two good games against the Flames this season. But he kept the Rangers in it. And then all of a sudden, it's 2-1 at the end of two. And then it's 2-2 in the third. And I don't know about you guys. I don't know about our listeners. But I was wondering, are the Flames going another, to let another game slip through their fingers? They've had 17 games this season that they've held the lead in that they wound up losing. Second most in the league. So... Uh, excuse me for wondering if that was going to happen to them for an 18th time. But it didn't. They dug in, uh, played a heck of a game against the hottest team in the league, and uh, after getting a power play in overtime, uh, and OT has not been uh, their friend this season, uh, they found a way to win this game. Uh, so good to see Jacob Markstrom make some big saves at key times in this contest, and so good to see Jonathan Huberto. The other guy who's had a huge target on his back all season long set up the game winner scored by Michael Backlund, uh, who you could argue has been uh, the Flames' best player this season, uh, at least best 200-foot player. He's been absolutely brilliant. So a big win against uh, one of the top teams in the league, and let's see if the Flames can finally get off that roller coaster ride. There's been a lot of talk about roller coasters this week and as i said earlier when kale mclean joined us roller coasters are great if you're going to callaway park or canada's wonderland or six flags or disney world or disneyland not so great if you're a, a national hockey league team flames want to get off the roller coaster ride they're, they're tired of the one or two good games and then one or two bad games and if they're going to get to the stanley cup playoffs and i'll believe uh, i believe they'll be a dangerous team if they can get there they've got to get off the roller coaster They've played up to their competition this season like they did against the Rangers tonight. They've also played down to their competition this season like they did against uh, Red Wings team that's better than I thought they would be, uh, but still a team that's beatable, and uh, they got beat 5-2 on Thursday. Now you got a Flyers team that's coming in that's not going to get to the playoffs. You can't jump back on the roller coaster ride for Monday afternoon's game. Get off the roller coaster, get out of the amusement park, and get to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Thank you, gents. Good, Good night, night, Patty. Uh, Derek Wills, Peter Labardius signing off on this Saturday night following a 3-2 overtime win for the Flames over the New York Rangers. Call now, 403-240-4444. Text now, 960-960. As our Flames Talk postgame show is just getting started, your phone calls and texts are around the corner. Right now, though, let's hear from Jonathan Huberdeau, one of the uh, men of the hour following this one tonight. He uh, scores on the, uh, he assists on the overtime winner, also assists on a Nazem Kadri goal. Really strong night for Jonathan Huberdeau. He spoke post-game following a 3-2 win. Does it feel extra sweeter in light of all that's gone on in the last 48 hours? I mean, yeah. I, like, it, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I wanted to, you know, I want to play well. And, you know, tonight that's how I got to play, you know, the rest of the year. I think that's, uh, you know, I just like 
you know, sometimes you don't think you have it, you know, in you. And tonight showed that I still have it, and I can make some plays and, and play well. Is that a carryover from the last game? Because I thought there was some really good signs last game too. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I just got to move my feet. That's what I'm good at. I mean, make some plays and shoot a bit more. So that's what we did. Our line was good. I mean, we created chances. Pelts was good. Nice too. So that's a good sign. Were you going for the tip uh, when you shot it? Were you trying to bank it off of Backlund? Or no, I don't. You, you know my shot. Uh, there's no way that was going in. So, <laughs> and, uh, I mean, backs. I just saw backs was uh, was wide open. So yeah. he works on that every morning. So it's, it it paid off, you know, this time. But yeah, that's a huge win for us. Sort of said it, but you are you're feeling it a little bit right now. It feels like it's coming back. You got that confidence that that's bringing your step, I guess. Yeah, it is. I think you know you just got to make plays and. That's what I was doing, so I think, you know, and it's going to bring the confidence back, and that's what I need. And like I said, I just got to, you know, work hard, and I knew it was going to come back, but, you know, it's only one game, so I got to keep going. How would you kind of describe the momentum swings in this game? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's a good team on the other side, so, you know, we had a really good start, and, uh, you know, stuck with it, they came back, but, you know, we showed some character, and that was a big win. We needed that win in, in overtime. You guys talk about sticking with it. After New York scored their second one, it seemed like you guys kind of did. You stuck to what you've been doing all game and kind of eventually got rewarded for it. Did you feel like you did a nice job kind of not letting that throw you guys off? Yeah, I think that's what we need to do. I mean, you know, we have a lot of great leader in the room, and you know, we're older guys, so we know that it's going to happen. It's hockey. They're going to come back. But, you know, we stuck with it. and. Like I said, we gotta. We need these points. We gotta get on the roll a little bit. So. Overtime hasn't always been great for this group. Is it nice to just <laughs> no, get one? Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was nice to. I mean, get. You know, overtime has been tough for us this year. So, it's a, you know, a good sign, and we, we go forward with that. Jonathan, in your experience, when you walk off the ice feeling really good about a game, how how do you personally carry that forward? Yeah, I think for me personally, it's been a while, so <laughs> feels good. But uh, I think as a team too. It, you know, it's fun to see the guys smiling, having fun. That's what that's what it's all about. And I think we have a special team, so you know we need to let's try get some you know pile out the wins and you know make make the playoffs. There you go. That is Jonathan Huberdo post game following tonight's 3-2 overtime win over the New York Rangers. We are underway on your Flames Talk post game show. We're coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. Worried about radon? They install custom mitigation systems to reduce your risk. To learn more and for all things basementy, visit dlbasementsystems.com. Your phone calls and your texts around the corner as we continue along from the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. This is Alpine Credits Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hey, it's Haley Salvian from The Athletic. For a look at the latest on your Calgary Flames and NHL news, go click and subscribe to the Hockey Central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Our Flames Talk post-game show continues from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. Sportsnet 960 The Fan, Calgary. Your final score at the Scotiabank Saddledome tonight, 3-2 in overtime. Uh, the Flames end up 
beating the New York Rangers. I apologize in advance. We're having some really, really uh, tough technical issues right now, and I'm a little worried about what's going to happen when we go to the phone lines because um, I'm getting a different feed than what is back at the station. So I'm a little worried about the way things are going to go here, but we'll give it a try anyway. Um, as we are underway on your Flames Talk postgame show, it's Pat Steinberg along with you from the Scotiabank Saddle Dome and the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. Um, okay, let's get to the text line for the first time tonight at 960-960. Uh, starting with Walshy in Strath Vegas says, Pat, tonight changes nothing for me personally. This team's proven they're consistently inconsistent and has risen or fallen to the level of their opposition. For tonight's effort to really mean anything uh, to myself, prove it to me again against Philly, Arizona, Vegas, Colorado, and Boston. Then maybe you can change my opinion about what this team really is. And I understand that. That is, this has been a team that has been nothing but up and down this year. Uh, this says from Sam, Pat, fabulous game tonight at the Dome. Crowd was electric and loved the consistent boost throughout the night on Fox. I know they have been, I know we've been wrong plenty this season about a potential shift in the right direction, but tonight had plenty of positives, good energy from puck drop. Markey was strong, and Huberto showed us a glimpse of what Flames fans have been wanting to see. Also, congrats to Lindholm and the family for welcoming their child. Uh, now they have something to uh, build on against the non-playoff team, the Flyers, and start riding this ship to get themselves out of a playoff spot. That comes from Sam. Uh, this comes from Javier, who says, was a great game tonight. This team has what it takes to be a dominant and fierce team. It seems that they were running out of steam towards the middle of the third. Why? This doesn't seem like a team in a Premier League with top athletes. Markstrom was phenomenal. I don't. I, I didn't necessarily. Uh, this is a pretty well conditioned group, so I didn't necessarily get that as much as I. I just think New York started to find some legs. Remember, Rangers on the end of a road trip, second half of a back to back, went to a shootout last night against the uh, against the uh, Edmonton Oilers. So I do think that the the Rangers did not have the legs they were necessarily hoping for or looking for to start, but started to uh, come on as the game went along. It's kind of how I read this one tonight. Uh, Prop says, love to see Jonathan Huberdeau having one of his best games as a flame. Markstrom had a good game as well, and I hope this gets him going. I think this is finally the turning point for this group, and we'll see. Prop, I, I, I think a lot of people hope you're right. Um, and, and look, whether it's this game, whether it's what happened, I honestly believe it's less about this game and more about what happened in the 48 hours or so 24 hours or so prior to the game Alan Walsh's tweet all of the media questions on Friday what happened against Detroit that's what I think could end up being a turning point not this game this game was a nice response but I think what happened prior to this game that's where I wonder if there's a real turning point for this team uh, going forward this reads big win with all the drama, happy for Marky and Huberdo. Kadri has to be more composed. Keep it rolling, rolling, rolling on Monday. Uh, what else we got here? This says, guys, you're at it again. Too much credit to Markstrom. This is not the turning point. It's just wishful thinking. Uh, this says, sorry, boys, you're trying too hard to support Markstrom. He was out of position, and that second goal was a rebound that he lost. He had no idea where it was. I've seen it all season. Love the win, but they got lucky. I had 
no issue with Jacob Markstrom in this one tonight. Uh, so I'll disagree on that front. Uh, this from Leandro uh, says, hope this one's a game changer for Markstrom. He looks sensational. Being a goalie myself, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but he switched out his gear. He was wearing the unreleased E-Flex 6 back to the E-Flex 5 from last season. Superstitious goalie effect. In any case, Markstrom and Huberto looked like what we all wanted them to look like this whole season. Let's keep it going. It's funny, Leandro, you bring that up. It was actually not me. It was either Aaron Vickers or Ryan Dietrich or a combination of both. Those are the three of us watching early at practice on either. It must have been Thursday at morning skate when Markstrom, who did not start Thursday, came out and did early work with goaltending coach Jason LaBarbera. And it was either Dietrich or Vickers or a combo of both who said, are those his pads from last year? So I did not notice it myself because I'm not that sharp, but they did. They're sharper than I do, so I was aware of it because of those guys. So, Leandro, that's... Um uh, that's a uh, well uh, spotted. That's a uh, a well spotted change on your front. And this says you're absolutely correct about the Flames playing well against good teams and dropping games against bottom dwellers. What do you think about my theory? That is, this is where all the early pats on the back came to haunt any team presented with the Stanley Cup before they earn it. The Flames were believing all the talk; they were Cup favorites, and the wins will come easy against bottom dweller dwellers. You still have to earn those points. I don't think that honestly that has anything to do with it um, and I'm not trying to suggest you're wrong but at this point uh, when when you're dropping games against say Ottawa or the Chicago game um, I, I think it's more about this team's an inconsistent group because they're not a high-end group they have not played like a high-end team this year they have not consistently had high-end performances from Huberdo, Markstrom, Kadri, there's, there's been Lindholm. There have been guys on this team that have not been to their potential or have not been consistently as good as we know they can be and as good as the Flames need them to be. And when you don't have your most important players driving the bus, you're an inconsistent hockey team. That's that's my theory on it. So I'm not saying you're wrong. I don't know. You you could be right. You could be wrong. But that's that's my theory. That's my best stab as to why it has been so inconsistent this year. Great stuff on the text line so far. Keep them coming at 969-60. Phone lines are open. 403-240-4444. Flames win 3-2 in overtime over the New York Rangers. Dylan is with us on our Flames Talk post-game show. What's up, Dylan? How much, Patty? How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Good, good. Um, I just wanted to bring up, uh, I really liked what Mr. McLean had to say today about Peltier, uh, about how the puck goes to much better spots once uh, once he touches it. Yeah, he's a smart hockey player, man. He's you know he's not necessarily been as productive as I'm sure he would have liked to this point, but he's uh, he's a smart hockey player. He does a lot of subtle smart things. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm I'm really excited to see how that progresses throughout the next little bit. I think uh, I think even Daryl uh, thinks he's gonna probably stick around for hopefully the rest of the season. Yeah, and I mean right now, I don't think that he has earned. I, I, earned is the wrong word, but I don't think that he has put himself in a spot where it's clear that he will stay for the rest of the season. I don't know if you can make that determination as of yet. But what I think is important for him right now is to keep earning that next game. 
and I think he's done that on a pretty regular basis. I'm not taking him out until he shows us that or until he plays himself out, and and that's good, and that could very well, to your point, Dylan, that could very well keep him with the team for the rest of the year, which would be really neat. And, you know, it'll be curious to see what happens at the deadline, um, and if they bring in uh, another forward, that might change things. But, yeah, he, he continues to earn that next game 100%. Um, I will lose my absolute crap if he uh, gets traded for Josh Anderson. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, or a first round pick, or just like stay away from that guy altogether. <laughs> I I am of the same opinion as you. I don't think Josh Anderson is the the answer for this team. No. Um. So why does Adam Rzyska? not work nearly as hard when he's put on the in the bottom six it's it's like he he was really good when he got put in the top six earlier this year and that was when huberto was hurt and then huberto came back and like as if he doesn't know that huberto is going to be put back there and then he just like sank and stopped working hard stopped playing hard stopped doing uh, you know, working hard for puck battles, getting the puck back and stuff. He was great today. Yeah, I thought he had one of his better games in a while. Um, and and I do think, I, I do think that's part of what has dogged or plagued or affected Adam's career and why he has has yet to really be a bona fide full time everyday NHL player for what you're from what you're talking about is that the the consistency in efforts is is always or always has been an issue and has been an issue not even just at the NHL level at the American League level it's been an issue at the junior level when when he was in the Ontario League it was an issue so um I, I think that's something that he's going to continue to battle with throughout his career. If he can ever get it figured out, I think there's a pretty good hockey player there. Yeah, I think if he if he put in the work like he puts in, like he put in today or like he has put in in the past when he was in the top six, I think he could actually stay in a top six without. Right. Without getting kicked out, I think I think he's got that potential, like no problem. He just I do has too. to I do too. continue. Yep. Right. And I know everybody's been talking about it, but uh you know, he had such a great game today and honestly I think he's been feeling it the last couple games. He's been shooting the puck way more and but still not sacrificing the passes like he's still making great passes even though he's shooting more and that just makes other goalies have to and other players have to respect both things instead of just knowing he's going to pass and man i feel like i'm talking about control uh, <laughs> but yeah uh it's been great to see the last couple of days and just finally with uh with markstrom you know who he didn't look like today who? Jason LaBarbera. He's looked man. like Jason LaBarbera the rest of the season, but not today. That's mean to Barb's. Barb's had himself a very good professional career. It was pretty average at best. But, better than yours. Oh, 100%. But pretty, so is Radiska. Pretty, pretty good pro career. <laughs> pretty good pro career for yeah, Jason LaBarbera. If you say so. Um, but keep 
keep what is it, the what good is Jason the Barber, what has Jason the Barber done to you uh continued the Jordan Siglitz uh ruining goalies uh trend I'm pretty sure that he was the goaltending coach last year when he had nine shutouts yes and then as things progressed throughout last year Markstrom continued to get worse and now he's continuing to get worse huh. So, so when things are good, it has nothing to do with the goalie coach. But when things are bad, it must be LaBarbera's fault. Well, most of the other goalies in the last few, quite a few years, even with Siglet, has have started anyway, good and then gotten worse and worse this, and worse. This conversation hurts my head. I don't. I and I know you're not the only one, Dylan, who thinks this. I just, I, I don't think that a. The, the amount that a goaltending coach works with an established goaltender like Jason LaBarbera, uh, sorry, like like Jacob Markstrom, uh, Jason LaBarbera is not actively making Jacob Markstrom worse. It, like, I, I just, I don't know what you, like, do you, what do you think he's doing? Like, do you think that he's going in there and say, you know what, this thing that you've done your entire career, stop doing that? Like, I, I don't, I don't understand how that, it just makes my head hurt. And I'm not trying to, not trying to, say that you're wrong or say that you don't know anything that's not what i'm trying to suggest i just don't understand how you get there in like i'm having a hard time understanding how you get to that point that's all i just that's just how i see it pat it's just uh it's hard like a lot of confirmation bias and then a lot of selective uh selective evidence that's all Uh, i don't know i'm I'm just continuing on with something that I've seen for years and years and years, and it's happening again with the new guy, and it's uh, really hard to hard to ignore sometimes. This is very this is very random. The uh, all of a sudden we were having a conversation, and now you're just taking shots at LaBarbera's career and uh, him as a goaltending coach. Very strange, Dylan. I appreciate the call. I I hope that uh, I I hope that you don't go poke needles in a Jason LaBarbera doll tonight. Uh, He's a very nice (laughs) man. Uh, Be well. Oh, I'm sure he's a great guy. Have a great night, Dylan. You too. Bye. You, Look, I, I just I think that that goaltending coach going oh the, the, he must be the problem. I I just I don't. It's such a to me. It's very. I don't want to say lazy, but it just. What do you think? What what like? Do you think that the goaltending coach, after Jacob Markstrom, is en route to being the number two Vesna Trophy vote getter last year? went to him this year and was like, you know all those things that you did last year? Let's actively change them. Let's let's completely – like, no, that's not what a goaltending coach does with an established goaltender in his 30s with hundreds of NHL starts under his belt. That's just not how it works. Um, so, like, those guys are, are – like, Jacob's very much set in his own – not set in his own ways, but set in his ways and has a very, very – set approach to the way he does things you know all all la barbara's tweaking things and he's there as a sounding board and he's there to to work through things but i mean jacob markstrom had two really good seasons with the same goaltending coach anyway i i don't quite understand that that argument myself uh 403-240-4444 is your phone number following a flames 3-2 overtime win over the new york rangers on the saturday night next up it's parsons what's going on parsons Hey, brother. How are you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? That was an entertaining last call. I uh, disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding, Dylan. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. 
Anyways, I, I thought the team played good tonight. Um, I thought Markstrom did wicked tonight. Um, I don't even blame him on that second goal. Hannafin lost his man. Um, Tarasenko in front of the net. So uh, I thought Markey had a really strong game, and I think it's important for this team moving forward that Markey does, like, listen, I mean, he is technically the number one goalie. So as much as we can ride him, the better, right? Yeah, and I think I think right now the game by game approach is the way to go. I really yeah. do. Oh, I do as well, and and I kind of feel for uh, Vladar. You know, he had his chance last game, and things kind of went off rails. And I I kind of feel for the guy because it was horrible timing for that to happen to him. Um, but there was no surprise that we went back to Markey, and we have to kind of, you know, celebrate his accomplishment tonight. I thought he did good. I thought the team did good. I wish I they, they played a strong know. game tonight. I thought they they were um, even though the the I know they ended up giving up a two goal lead, but um, but they played a, a fairly solid start to finish game they were good in their own zone they didn't they didn't give up a ton got good goaltending they won yeah. I, I thought it was i thought it was a solid game for the flames tonight and, and, it was. and i think they're full marks for the victory and you know let's not forget rangers are a heck of a team man um especially with the addition of tarasenko they're they're a dangerous team they're one to watch out for so um to get the outcome we did tonight good on them and um, Gilbert wasn't playing, correct? No, Gilbert did not play. I, I, I did not see him at all. Um, no, because he didn't play. Like, was he kind of outed in favor of um, Stone, or like, how did he not factor in? Well, I'm confused. He didn't. He didn't play on on Thursday either. Okay, okay. Sorry, I missed so, Thursday's game. So yeah, Ra- Raz came back. Rasmus Anderson yeah. came back Thursday. And, right, and right, so right. Gilbert exited when okay. Rasmus came back. Okay, because I've been really liking this game. I, I have two, but he's he is this he is a seven or eight as it stands. Yeah, right that's now. true. Yeah. Sorry, I missed the I, I missed the previous game I was working, but um Oh good. Yeah, no, um, I'm here for I'm here, I'm here to pick game. you up. Thanks, buddy. I, I know you are. Um, otherwise, I mean, we just, like you say, it's a game by game with the goaltending situation. And, you know, I, I thought Markey had a really strong one tonight. Huberto had a good game. Dubé continues to impress. Um, it's too bad that goal scoring streak came to an end, but he had a chance to make it, uh, he had a chance to make it 3-1 there. I I thought Dubé was flying again tonight too. He's got the speed, man. He's, he's like a speed demon. Um, really liked it, man. I, you know what? It was a bit of a nail biter again, but we got the win, so let's just keep trucking, right? Agreed. All right, man. All That's right, Parth. All I got. Good to Make hear from you, pal. Sweet. Okay, take care, man. All right, man. We'll talk soon. Continuing along on your phone lines tonight. Uh, it's 403-240-4444 on a Saturday following a Flames 3-2 overtime win over the New York Rangers. Phone lines open. Text line open. Let's go to another Dylan. We had um, our first Dylan and now our second Dylan. What's up, Dylan? Hey, man. The uh, real-life D-man is here. The uh, GM of the year. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. I am... <laughs> 
Yeah. You know, I got I got to be honest with you. You uh the way that you've uh the way that you've just uh leaned right into that. Um I I appreciate it. You uh you have you've taken it in stride, my friend. Well, it's it's and that's what it's all about. You know, we build ourselves a little community here and you know, the callers, whether it's Parsons or Robert or George, George all the way up in Carolina. You know, it's good to see. We've got ourselves a bit of a community here, and I'm a big fan of that. But, um, and you guys, you guys, of course, the radio guys, I mean, what what are we without you, Um, Patty? But, um, you know, I thought a part of being a fan is uh, calling in when they win. And uh, it's always, like you said, it's always just a call when they lose. But uh, you know what? To be honest, I thought, I thought tonight was a good night. You know, I thought it was fun. It was good to be a part of it. I was nervous. When they tied it up, I thought, oh, it's over. It's probably done. Let's give up. But, no, they came out and they held on. And the Michael Backlund goal, big uh, – that was a good one. That was huge. Big overtime win. The boys needed it. And I think this was a huge statement game for the group. But, um, you know, from what from what I mentioned in my previous call from about all that stuff about the comments and – you know the the uh, both the stuff in the room. I think tonight was a huge statement game, but to be honest, to me, the bigger statement game is what you do against Philly, a team that's not in the playoffs, a team that you need to get two points up against to get back to keep rolling up in this race. So, um, you know, I thought Huberto looked good tonight. You know, I'm I'm a full since I'm the GM, I'm a full believer in coming back and. You know, I thought Huberto was really good tonight. I've been pretty critical on him. I thought he was good tonight. That was one of his better games that I've watched. And that's always good to see. Um, but, yeah, you know, I'm a big fan of what they did here tonight. Yeah, they played well. They they are full marks for the win tonight. Um, and you just hope, and, and your point is 100% correct. You know, the, they, they've taken some wins off of some pretty good teams this year, kind of the, the more upper echelon teams, um, and that's good. You want that to happen, but you also need to take care of business against the other teams, and the other teams include, uh, look, the, fl- the Flyers play hard because of who their coach is, and they will like, they'll make it difficult on you, uh, absolutely, but you got to beat them. They're they're a team. They're they're beat to hell. They've got all kinds of injury issues. They're not a very good team. You have to beat them. You just do. Yeah, and that's right. You know, because you know that's what it's same with the bubble year. They didn't win uh, win games against teams that were out of it, and they didn't make it. So, well, it's, it, that, that year it was they didn't win games against team that was out of it. Yeah, being the Ottawa that was Sanders. a really. Uh, yeah, that's right. That was a that was a horrendous year. But I think for the the Flyers, I think Noah Cates was playing first line minutes as a centerman. So they really got to find a way to get that done. Um, you got to find a way to get two points because honestly, for me, that's the statement game. They've been good against good teams. They they have been really good against competitive hockey clubs. But it's can you arise to the occasion and you know because it's the same excuse. Oh yeah, you know we we won't have enough emotion, but we need to find a way to win the. Two points against Philly, and I think I, I feel good about this group. I thought they looked good tonight. Kadri was pretty fired up there late. He found some that was a bit interesting there heading into OT. He was really giving it to the ref. I could read lips. Um, oh yeah, that that was interesting. I don't know what he was. He was really fired up, and I think that's what this group needs. Um, but anyway, to end my call, I think tonight's a good opportunity to build. But I've said that three times this year, and it hasn't happened. But I think tonight is the year, or not the year, tonight is the night that we can build. 
and hopefully we got a big run coming. Good stuff, Dylan. Good to hear from you, man. Yeah, we'll talk again there on uh, Monday. Will do. Let's do it. Okay. And we'll take uh, one more call before we jump back inside the Flames locker room. Phone line's still open at 403-240-4444. Flames win 3-2 in overtime over the New York Rangers. Uh, let's say hello to Sean. What's going on, Sean? Hey, Pat. How are you doing, buddy? Good, man. Good, good. Um, yeah, first and foremost, I would say Barbs is a great goalie coach, and we'll leave it at that, um, first and foremost. Um, secondary, I think Alan Wall, she needs to start uh, tweeting more because I think ah. he unlocked Jonathan tonight. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, if he was trying to take some heat off his player or trying to fire up his player, it may, maybe it worked. Oh, definitely. Even in the uh, interviews on Friday, I like the professionalism they showed and you know, he's taking it on himself, and he had a great game tonight. So I was really happy to see that. But uh, overall, I'm just impressed with the Flames. I mean, at this point, the way we play against top-level teams, I think all we need is a wild card at this point. Um, overall, the first period, great from the Flames uh, to start. And, you know, I, it was just great to see them pull out the W against a good Rangers team. Yeah, and honestly, I'm not, I'm not all that surprised that they came with a much better effort because it's kind of been the story all year, right? Hundred percent. I mean, we're playing these top level teams, and we're performing. And if we're only fighting against the Wild, I think you know those games in March are going, they're going to be huge for us. But at the same time, the guys came out hard with all the scrutiny from the media and all the fans on Twitter. And they performed. I mean, at the end of the day, all we care about is W's. And the biggest thing that I take away from this game is we were 4-11 in extra time. Well, now we're 5-11. So I think there would be way less scrutiny if maybe we split the games if we were 8-7 and seven before in OT. But that's hockey. And overall, we got the win tonight. And really proud of Backlund. Like, that guy's deserved it. He's brought it all year. I know you guys brought up his stat. He was plus 17 uh, going into the uh, tonight, and, you know, he proved it again. It was excellent to see him on the power play. Yeah, he was uh, He was really good tonight. That line is just good every night, it feels like, uh, and they were good once again tonight. And there was uh, Michael with the redirect on the overtime winner. He also set up Manjapani on the uh, opening goal of this game. So, yeah, uh, a really solid night for Michael, really solid year for Michael. Might be, you know, it may not be statistically his best season when it's all said and done, but in terms of how he's impacting this team, you, know, you could make an argument, and there's still 26 games to go for him and the team. Uh, you could make the argument that this could end up being his his most impactful season that he's had. He's he's probably gonna finish somewhere in the I don't know, probably 45 range. Once again, is probably where it'll end up. So it'll be a a, a kind of very Michael Backlund season in terms of production. He's usually between 40 and 50 is what you can count on him from from a point standpoint. 45 range is usually pretty safe for Michael. So that's probably where he'll end up this year. But in terms of what he's done in terms of driving things and, and you know, how – 
some some stretches he's been their best center for long stretches. He's had really good years before, but this this might end up being his his best year when it's all said and done. Well, and at the end of the day, I honestly, and you'll call me crazy in the statistics world nowadays, I, I don't take much into account about the statistics and the points and the goals and assists. What I care about is the professionalism. And that guy brings it night in, night out. Yep. Sure, you're, you know, you get the bad game here and there. And it's the same thing with Tanev. Yeah, you may get five games out of him in a year that aren't too good, but they're 77 are solid, great games. And, you know, and I, everyone's so caught up in points when you hear the McDavid stats and everyone else. But, you know, that's why I love Backlund. And I wish he was a little bit younger because he'd have the C on his jersey right now. But, you know. And who knows? Maybe he still will. I mean, if it, if it continues trending the way it has, he's been a very, very durable player uh, over the last number of years. Remember, there was that stretch where people were all wondering if, if Michael was going to be a Band-Aid, but he's been a very durable player uh, over the last, I don't know, you go back, it's been better part of seven, eight, nine years. He's been a really durable guy. And that durability, the the fact that you're, you talk about the professionalism, He's got 882 games as a member of the Flames under his belt. He'll very likely become the third. Well, he will. I mean, let's let's not jinx it. He will become the third player in franchise history to play 900 games as a member of the Flames this season. And at some point, he'll pass Mark Giordano as number two on the all-time games played list. And who knows? Maybe maybe that Jerome Ginla 12-19 isn't crazy. But for him to be top three and top two for sure when it's all said and done in terms of games played in franchise history, that's that's pretty impressive. No, 100%. Like, you know, you don't win cup, You don't win cups without those grinders and the guys who are the true professionals they dedicate to their craft day in, day out. And, you know, he's a perfect example of that. Him and Tanev, of course. Yeah, um, Tanev. And, and by the way, I agree wholeheartedly on Tanev as well. Chris Tanev, he's 28 years old. He's the captain. I don't care what anyone says. He's the man. Like, that was the best free agent signing we've had in years. But two quick ones. Um, Pelche, man, I love the energy of the guy. Like, even if you, when you see his reaction – when Nazem scored there, like he jumps into Huber though, fired up, and he literally skating and he almost jumps into Kadri. Like you gotta love the passion and the energy that he brings. Yep, thousand percent. It's one of the things that that uh, it's, it's one of the things that that makes him the player that that he is, and hopefully will be at the NHL level. Yeah, and it's just it's a. They say they don't have fun playing hockey. Well, if you just watch Belchie, I'm pretty sure he's having a lot of fun. So yep. it's excellent. Last one, I got to bring it up just because it's deadline time. I told you a week or two ago, I want Gudis. What do you think if we could pull a trade for Janot? Uh Out of Nashville? Yeah. I mean, Parsons has been bringing that one up for a while. I just like, are they going to move him? I don't know. Um, he's still a pretty young guy, and and also Preds won today. They have three games in hand on Calgary and two on Minnesota. They're not out of this thing yet either. So, I, I, are the Preds selling? I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen no, there. I think I, I think he'd be. He'd be an interesting fit anywhere. He's having a down year statistically after what happened last year, but he's um, 
He's a good player. Sorry for interrupting you there. But, yeah, no, when I think about it, they have the games in hand. If they lost the four today, I think Poyle's mood's completely different. But a guy like him, he can come in. He's got the grit. He's a Southern player. He's a Western Hockey League guy. And, uh, you know, you could. the thing I like about Janot is you can play him throughout the whole lineup. You can play him fourth line, third line, second yeah. line. I wouldn't say first line, but, you know, from two to four, he's the guy. And, like, my biggest thing through this whole thing is I want guys who are low-cost acquisitions to a certain extent. Obviously, Janoe may pay a second and maybe a prospect, but what I like about him, he's cheap. He's got the one year left today, and then he has the RFA status. He's in a down year, so we could easily bring him in if that can happen, but... You know, All I don't right, know. Well, Sorry, well, man. I'm just I'm thinking of ways where we can build the team I, up. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. You know, I don't, I don't mind that. We got we got to wrap up here, but um, yeah. I uh, I mean, if they if if Nashville were to be thinking about moving him, I I wouldn't mind that fit for the group at all. I wouldn't mind it at all. Um, right. Good to hear from you, you as always, Sean. Cheers, brother. You have a well, good night. Take you care. too, man. We'll talk soon. Hey. Bye bye. Okay, buddy, uh, if you're on hold, stay there. If not, give us a call. Uh, last call for phone calls, 403-240-4444. It's been a while since we've done an 8 o'clock game on a Saturday, so it's getting a little bit later. Uh, but the phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. couple lines open if you want to jump in. It is last call. Also, text line remains open at 960-960. By the way, our Alberta-made player of the game tonight, brought to you by Wild Rose Brewery. We selected in our pregame show, Rasmus Anderson had an assist tonight, played 21-51, two shots, a giveaway, and three block shots. He was our Alberta-made player of the game. Let's head back inside the Flames locker room for the final time tonight. Let's hear from Jacob Markstrom as he picks up the victory as the Flames take a 3-2 overtime win over New York. Here's Jacob inside the Flames locker room. Jacob, how uh, as a group, how big is a win like that? Give Given what we saw in the first meeting, kind of come back here the last couple of days, there's been a lot of outside noise. How good does it feel to sort of play a game that way and come out on top? Uh, it's good. Obviously, it's two points, good team effort, and you know it's been. I think it's been noisier for you guys than for us. Uh, uh, you know, we're 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 a team and we stick together. And you know, today showed a great team effort from you know puck drop till till OT. Daryl said, you know, kind of sticking to the game plan. And, uh, you know, when you know a team's going to make a push and kind of come back at you, how important was it that you saw some signs that everybody was sticking to that game plan? Uh, I mean, it was great. I, I thought, like I said, from, from the start of the game, and it, it also it also really helps, you know, we haven't, uh, you know, score right away and, and get the crowd really into it, you know, Saturday night. And, you know, the, the building was buzzing, and, you know, it's a good feeling to be out there and play. And a good goaltending battle at both ends. How'd that feel? No, it was good. Obviously, you know, we had some chances, and he made some, some good stops. And, you know, it was uh, obviously would have been nice to get it in regulation, but, you know, we found a way, way in the OT and, and closed it out. What did you see from Jonathan Huberto tonight? Good. Tell me about the save. Were you sprawled out? Did you get uh, your, your lumber on it or your, your, your glove? How'd you make that save? Well, not the lumber. It was broken already. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I mean, it hit the thumb of the blocker, and, you know, it's nice to get one of those uh, and not go in the net. For this group, I mean, overtime hasn't always been been easy for this group this year, but just to get one in overtime the way you guys did um, must feel great. Yeah, two points feels really good and, you know, a lot better than, than one point. 
there you go, Jacob Markstrom. Post game, he picks up the win tonight in a 3-2 win over the New York Rangers. Tonight's game has been brought to you by Country Hills Toyota. It's Pat Steinberg along with you on your Flames Talk post game show. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, we're coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. Worried about radon? They install custom mitigation systems to reduce your risk. To learn more and for all things basement-y, visit DL Basement Systems. Back to the text line we go at 960-960 following a Flames 3-2 overtime win over the New York Rangers. Uh, This reads, Hannafin struggled tonight, missed his check on the first goal against and struggled managing the power play at the start of the third period. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I thought Hannafin had a a rough game for his standards. Uh, I I definitely kind of lost his man on the 2-1 goal, the Tarasenko goal. So, yeah, I did not think it was the strongest night for Hannafin, but I have felt uh, he's been pretty good the last little bit. So, every but he has off nights. Um, this says, Pat, the Flames' hopes depend on their success in the next 10. Vegas, Colorado, Boston, Toronto, Minnesota, Dallas, and L.A. are all teams ahead of the Flames. It'll be intense for sure. I mean, will it be the next 10? I don't know. Honestly, if they go 5-5 five and five in their next 10, I don't think they're out of it. I really don't. If they go 5-5 five and five in their next 10... They're probably still right there with a very inconsistent, mediocre Minnesota team, too. I They got two with Minnesota in the next 10, though. They play Minnesota twice in a span of three games. Those are the games that I'm really looking forward to because I think they're going to be, I mean, they're clearly going to be really important when it comes to playoff positioning. Uh, Dave writes, what are your thoughts about rotating Gilbert and Stone in and out of the lineup? I feel like Stone plays better when he plays less games. Gilbert has not looked out of place when he's been in. Great to get the win tonight. Backlund was a beast. Fox in the box to end the game put a smile on a lot of Flames fans' faces. That's from Dave. It sure did. Uh, As for the Gilbert question, I, I do think Gilbert has turned himself into a bit of a factor here. In fact, he was practicing on a pairing with Nikita Zadorov on Friday at practice. Now, they didn't go that way for the game tonight, and Gilbert was a healthy scratch, but I think he's impressed. I think Gilbert has made an impression on the coach, and I think he's a factor here. And if they at any point feel like they need to go to seven defensemen because they're currently carrying eight, my guess is Mackey would be the guy to go on waivers and not Gilbert. That's just a guess. I don't know that for sure. But Gilbert, I think, has definitely made a case for himself. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I, uh, I've, I've been I've, – I've quite liked the, the, the – not Tom – uh, Tom Gilbert's the former Oiler and Wild player. Uh, it's been a uh, it's been a nice little season for Dennis Gilbert. I've quite liked what he's brought to the uh, what he's brought to the group. Um, this reads: Markstrom did get lucky a couple times, but we did notice he was in his crease more and not overplaying the puck. Overall, great performance from him and the team. Uh, this from Mandeep at BK Liquor says: Big win for the Flames today. Just what my family needed. Um, so uh, that's uh, they had to put down a family member tonight. So I'm glad the Flames could give you a win, uh, Mandeep. That's awesome. That's good to hear. Uh, go visit Mandeep at BK Liquor, always in Beaufort. Um, this says from Craig, Pat, quite the game. Raging start. Hell of a finish by Mange, followed by a skill drive by the Huberdo line. I think the guys took their foot off the gas a bit, which allowed the Rangers to creep back in. Halak was a wall, so things got a bit hairy, but I love that they were able to grind and drag it, kicking and screaming over the line. Love the fire 
fire from Naz going into overtime set the tone. Huberdeau was a stud, so let's hope he can carry that on. On the flip side, the fourth line isn't doing it for me these days. I'd love to see Rizicka and Dewar there rather than Lucic and Richie. Also, I feel like an upgrade on D is still a need. They still aren't defending as well as they could. Luke Shen had three points tonight. Makes you go, hmm. That from Craig. I'm just the only thing that worries about Shen specifically, because I agree that going out and getting another defenseman would be would be good for this group. The only thing that worries me about Shen is that he's a name that is out there so much that I just worry that he'd be the guy that they end up overpaying for. That's all. Uh, or not not him, that he will, not, sorry, not the team, not the Flames specifically, but that he will be a guy that somebody overpays for. That's my only worry on Shen, but I do agree that going and getting another defenseman could, could absolutely uh, help this team. This from Stafford and Boness. Good to see a spirited effort. Markstrom made the early saves. Huberto showing his creative playmaking. Manjapani and Kadri scoring. But we've seen this movie before. And as much as I'd like to get excited about their performance, too many times an unexplained stinker follows suits. With the teams they're chasing all winning, they're no further ahead or closer to a playoff spot than they were before the first puck drop tonight. String three or four of these wins together and they can start talking about what the Calgary Flames identity is and what they might be able to do if they make the playoffs will the calgary flames will the real calgary flames please stand up um that's just a smattering and some really good stuff on the text line today at 960 960 following a flames 3-2 overtime win over the new york rangers my name is pat steinberg this is your flames talk post game show on apple spotify google and amazon five more calls before we wrap things up on this saturday night great stuff on the text line great stuff on the phone lines tonight as well and we go back there saying hello to dirk what's up dirk Oh, it's been about seven years since I talked to you. I was going to say, it's been a while since we've spoken. Long damn time. Uh, I got a little bit irked. Okay, so where are we at with Markstrom and uh, Vladar? Um, you say do you Markstrom mean? should get the next ring? Well, you want him to have the next start. He had a win. I just think right um, now going game by game is the way to go. That's 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 what I've been saying for okay, weeks now. Okay, right. Okay, game by game. Okay, so when Vladar wins, why is he not getting the next one? Why is he I not think, holding the net think, when he wins? Well, don't be mad at me. I don't make the decision. I'm not mad. I think, oh, I, I think you, he uh, should. You're, you're the, you got the bromance with him, with Markstrom. Not but me. I think I think I've been saying that I think Vladar should be getting more starts, and when he wins games, I whether whether they have gone that way or not, I think they should they, they they should if if Markstrom loses against Philadelphia and Vladar wins his next game, I I think that it works both ways. I I'm not showing any favoritism on either side well, of it. I'm a huge Vladar fan. I've been I, look Dirk. Yes, I've defended I've start. defended Markstrom all year. I. But I, I'm at the point now where I truly believe that game by game is the way to go. I think Markstrom played well in this game tonight. Sure, go to him against Philadelphia. I thought Vladar nope. struggled against nope. Detroit I, on Thursday, so I understand yeah, them going to Jake. So, you know what? That, that's where I'm at. That he's played that, of all the games that Vladar has played this year, the, that was the one game that was the, the goals were on him. He didn't get any uh, defensive help in some of the other games that he he lost, and those are few and far between. Overtime uh, one pointers, and that thirteen game uh, streak that he had is proof of that. Mm -hmm. Markstrom hasn't had a thirteen game streak. No, not in to fact, the positive. Uh, okay, 
So in my mind, Vladar is the one A. Marky is one B. And that's fair. Okay. That's and 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 I don't even I don't even think okay. you're unjustified in in having that opinion. I'm not. You know, okay. I'm I'm not quite there, but I'm I'm at the point now where I look at them in a tandem. I don't look at here's and 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 hopefully this will appease you. You sound very angry and like you're going to jump through the phone and and yell at me in no, person. No, I wouldn't do that. I, I know. <laughs> um, but I don't look at Markstrom as the one anymore. I really don't. I look at this as a tandem. And so, and 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 if either one of them. Can can prove that they can take that. That's awesome. That'd be great. But right now, I don't see Markstrom as the one, and and maybe that changes between now and the end of the year. But as we're talking right now, Dirk, I, I don't think that Markstrom should just get runs of games by default. I think that you got to be accountable to your last game right now. That's how I feel about the goaltending. Okay. All right, Coach. Uh. I'll start this off with the fact that I have not been a Daryl Sutter fan since about 2000, whenever he got fired after he, he, when was the last time he left here after 2004 season? He became, he was coach. He became coach. So GM, he did one more. He had he one. Left. So, so he did 05, 06 was his last year as head coach. Then he moved up right. to be the GM only. And then mm-hmm. he, he left the organization was fired or they parted ways in yeah. December or January. It was twenty. Yeah. It was either early twenty ten, early twenty eleven, or late twenty ten. And when that when that day happened, I was dancing. Now I like Daryl Sutter as a guy, as a coach. The NHL has passed him by years ago. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not convinced. How many of that. times? How many times have you seen where there's been a situation? And the coach jumps in and defends his guy by getting into the referee's face or the official's face or whatever to deflect from his player. When Naz had his problem tonight on that BS call, did the coach jump in and get in up against the boards and get in the face of the referee to defend his guy and, and deflect it to himself so that Naz didn't have to get kicked out of the game? No. Hands in pockets frown on face nothing he's lost the room i have no idea if that is an accurate statement or not Dirk. it's accurate he didn't do anything he I, but I, that's pocket. that's that's like me saying well i'm you know what this table is gray so the world's ending tomorrow like they're, they're completely no, unrelated what, things. what Carol should have been doing was getting on the boards and yelling at the ref and getting in his face and complaining about the call against him so that they're, they're not focused on Naz and his chirping, so he doesn't get kicked out, so we end up having him for the overtime. Well, they won the that overtime. Didn't, that I, did, I, I, I know, but that didn't happen. He could have had him on the ice. Instead, he was in the freaking dressing room. Okay. I, I don't even know. Like, I, I don't I, – that, that honestly, that thought never even came close to crossing my mind. I'm not like – I. That's your opinion. I don't even know how to respond to that, Dirk. I can't wait for another caller to come in and back me up. And, I mean, this team doesn't have a captain. Why do we not have a captain? Who's the alpha dog in the room? I don't even know if there there is one right now. Daryl's the alpha dog. Well, yes, I mean, Daryl is a very very relentless coach. He absolutely Absolutely. is. Um, Yeah, they – did you just scratch a record? It sounded like you scratched a record. Sorry. Sorry, Um, uh, 
had a sip of my coffee. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, it sounded it sounded like you were a DJ scratching a record there. Um, look, do I think that <laughs> I don't do I think skill. that uh, do I do I think that Daryl has um, that there have been stretches this year where it has been difficult for this group under him uh, because of his relentless nature or I, I, the, the term that you used, alpha dog? Do I think it's been difficult this year? Yeah, because I think it's a whole lot easier when they were winning last year. Um, and so you're winning, so the that, that type of stuff is a little easier to deal with as opposed to this year where it's been a little frustrating. Yeah, I mean, but did that particular thing that I do I think that he missed on I'm not, you're not probably you're probably not convincing me on that front Dirk but um, that's okay, okay. Um, but uh, I, I want to end this I, I don't want to yeah. take up your whole all your phone time but I got I want to one more topic that I want to okay, finish on a yeah, po- positive note I'm very yeah. excited I'm very excited about one individual on this team okay and I haven't I haven't seen this player since this team had Martin St. Louis and that is Pelche. Okay. That, yeah, he's he fun reminds, to watch, man. He he reminds me of Martin St. Louis. Well, that would be a and pretty good that would be a pretty good uh pretty good way for him to trend. Well, the way the way he hustles, his skill set, his smarts, he's his smart. stature, his sight, all of that. That's a great comparison in my mind. And I like my mind. Anyway, <laughs> that's that <laughs> Patting myself on the back, spraining my shoulder. Yeah, don't break it. Uh, no, but you know what? Yeah. I, I, I like the comparison. I don't know if he's got the high-end NHL offense that, that Marty San Louis had, but some well, of those other a, some of those other comparisons, some, though. Yeah, I don't I don't mind. Yeah, that. let him. Okay, so he's young. Let him develop. Don't trade him away. Let I don't want the, I don't want them to trade him away, man. I don't think they should. Oh, I didn't want him to trade Martin St. Louis either. Well, that's uh, that, was, that was twenty years ago. So yeah, well, let's not repeat history. Good stuff. Good to hear from you, Dirk. Cheers. Be well. A few more phone calls. Let's go to Tony up next. What's up, Tony? Uh, hey, Pat. How are you? Good, man. Hey, man. Like you know, if Marky and Kubojo uh, would have played this like this since the beginning of the season, we'd probably be first in the Pacific. You know, they both had real good games, but. Uh, it's not like that, I guess, right? <laughs> you know, you can't get too excited with this team because, like, you know, who knows, next game they could lose uh, 6 nothing to Flyers. You never know. But, yes, uh, it has been that type but, of year where they've had good games and followed them up with uh, straight-up stinkers, for sure. Yeah, you know, you can, you can see the lack of scoring here, right, Pat? Like, just the breakaways we had, the chances we had, just, just don't have the finishers, really, eh? No, and, and that's um, that's part of what they're – I think that's going to be part of the Flames story for the rest of this season is that they don't yeah, have exactly. a, a lot of high-end finishing. That's just part of what they are. Yeah, and um, Sutter, I don't know what he's thinking. It's 2-2. You know where I'm going with this. I don't One know if I left. do. The fourth line is on. Is he uh, insane? Yes. I actually didn't mind the fourth line tonight. Come on, last um, minute. But yeah, I, I, I now I, uh, yeah, I mean, sure, I can understand why that might, especially for you. Um, yeah, <laughs> well, I don't think that. for anybody really. Fourth line, like you're two-two, and you know, going to, you, you don't, you know, we're going into over there. There's a good chance we're going to lose it, but we won it, so that's awesome. But I mean. <laughs> Like, there's no way that fourth line should be on the last five minutes when it's a close game like that. But 
That's just what I think. But you know, but uh, like I said, but if they if they can play like this, I would still I would not be a buyer. I would not get get rid of them in my draft picks. I don't care what position we are at the draft at the trade deadline. I would just go with this team and see what happens. Like, because uh, you know, who knows? Like you know, if they get hot at the right time, and they get into the playoffs. Going hard, you know, but playing good. Like they said, they play good against a good team, so they would play a good team if they were the eighth seed. You never know, right? It's weird to say that, but you never know. Well, for sure, that's that's part you of know. the that's part of the um, weirdness of this season is that as frustrating as it's been, and as you know, as as kind of middle of the road as they've been all year the western conference is very middle of the road so do yeah. i think do i do i look at the flames from what i've seen through 56 and say watch out these guys are going to win the cup no but do i say this team could win rounds in the playoffs in the western conference yeah because i of the eight teams that will end up being in the western conference playoffs i don't think there will be an upset i really don't even if yeah. you're playing dallas or winnipeg or two the, the two that are kind of or vegas the two or three teams that are kind of most comfortably in playoff spots right now, I guess you could say. I don't know if there's an upset in the Western Conference this year. No. It's so I think, nobody's I think... nobody is elite. I guess Colorado's the the stalking horse in this. They're the defending Cup champs, and if they get healthy and stay healthy and are healthy in the playoffs, then they're still probably your favorite. But otherwise, oh, yeah. I think I, they're the team to beat, Pat. You're right. I, I do too. I just think they're probably going to have to get in as a two or three seed in the Central this year, as opposed to the one. Yeah, it's like the the, the the contenders are all in the East, really. Like it's well, yeah. Uh, I mean, when you take a look at the stronger. East, you've got know, Tampa, Toronto, Boston, New York, New Jersey, Carolina. All six of those teams, you're like, holy, watch out for those wagons. You don't really yeah, have like, a, a you don't have a wagon in the West this year. Yeah, I'm not a Maple Leaf fan, but I mean that trade they made, I, I, I thought it was a real good trade to get Riley. I'm telling you, Riley, yeah, it's, it's gonna it's gonna be a good good pickup for them, but um. We'll see what happens on Monday, Pat. Uh, you know, like we said, we see they, they always, you know, lay an egg against these uh, lower-end teams, but we'll see what happens. We Thanks will. for taking my call, brother. Good to hear from you, Tony. Take care. Thank you, pal. Three more to wrap things up on our Flames Talk post game tonight. Uh, Flames win 3-2 in overtime over the New York Rangers. David, next up. What's up, David? Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, thanks. Um... I just wanted to comment, number one, first-time caller, but uh, I've been a Flames fan since 1980. Well, welcome aboard. Thank you for and calling. I was at the first game for the Flames and suffered through the Battle of Alberta. But I think tonight needs to be pointed out um, that Hubado and Markstrom had bounce-back games. Mm-hmm. There's just been too much hate put on those guys. Like, Hubido is uh, putting uh, up with a new coach who plays a totally different game. And I love Daryl Sutter. But Markstrom, yeah, he's had a rough year. You just got to give these guys a break at some point. And tonight, they both played, I think, well, at least Hubido 
he played his best game of the year. His he was really good was, tonight. Yeah, he was he was strong tonight for sure. So I just wanted to comment uh, for the first time that you know what? Stop hating on the guy. Like he's playing an entirely different style of hockey. Well, and I do believe that there is a pretty decent chance that year two Huberdo will be very different than year one Huberdo because I, I do think that there, to your point, there is a significant learning curve and, and there's been, I think the adjustment to Calgary, the adjustment to a new team, the adjustment to this coach specifically, I think has been a little bit more painful or difficult or slower than anybody would have thought. And so I think a full year, an off season, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just expecting a, I, I think there's a pretty good chance that the Jonathan Huberto experience next season as a member of the Flames is different than year one. I agree. And uh, Markstrom, I mean, he'll bounce back, in my opinion. I may be wrong. You know, you can call me out, but. Well, no, but I have... I, I've been I've been saying that I think that at some point, whether it's this season, I don't know, but at some point, I think Jacob Markstrom will return to being a, a, a very solid number one goalie. I don't know if we'll ever see Jacob back to the level he was at last year, where he was a Vesna Trophy guy, but I do think that we will see Jacob at some point be a whole lot closer to the Markstrom the Flames signed and the Markstrom that they've gotten for the better part of the first two seasons he's played here. Yeah, um, and, and so, and we, but and I, I don't know if it's going to be this year. That's that's all. No, I agree. Uh, we've seen flashes of it this year, and we'll see. And it's the same with Hibidor uh, and and. I love the way Dubé is progressing. I love the way Manjapani is progressing. They're both exciting young forwards. And for someone to say, like, I saw it on on Flames uh, chat the other day, like, trade backs, trade backs. I was like, are you nuts? Backstrom, <laughs> like, for me, Backlund. is... Sorry, not Backstrom. My bad. Backlund is one of our best two-way forwards ever in the organization. Yeah, I can't dispute that. Okay, well, I appreciate you taking the call. I'll let you go on to the next one. And, uh, yeah, I just had to chime in because I've had so many anti-flame comments when I go into the room and I'm like, okay, are you a fan or are you just nitpicking? Well, I appreciate I think... the call tonight, David. All right. Well, I appreciate you taking the call. Thank you so much. You have a great night, hey? You as well. Thank you, man. Two more calls before we wrap things up on this Saturday night, starting with Raj following a 3-2 overtime win over the Rangers. What's up, Raj? 
Go ahead, Ben. How's it going? Good, man. Yeah, I would definitely agree that it was uh, one of Jonathan Tuberto's um, strong, stronger games for sure, if not the strongest game. I mean, I don't know if the tweet had any effect on that or if it was just matters or whatever. But he just definitely, you know, had a had a strong game. Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, he had some stretches where he was flying tonight, and and there's some. I, I think the the most electric we've seen or one of the most electric performances we've seen from Huberdo where you really see the high-end skill and you really see why he was able to pick up 85 assists last year. In terms of, uh, like, Markstrom, um, do you think, like, anything with his personal life is seeping in? Because didn't he, like, say he was getting married or, or having a child or something like that? Uh, yeah, I believe, uh, I, I believe that, uh, or, or he did, um, he and his partner, uh, did, uh, have their first child or welcome their first child, uh, this season or before the season. I don't know the timeline right off the top of my head exactly. Um, but look, I, I can't, I can't sit here and, and tell you no on that because we're talking about human beings. So I don't know for sure. And I'm never going to go pry and, and ask that of, Hey, do you think this or, but like, I, I can't sit here and tell you that that is, is not a thing because look, there, there's still people, right? Like there's still, there's still, they still have to deal with all the things that you and I do. And there's still stress and there's still life things. And, and just like you or I, when, Things outside of work aren't going so well. Sometimes it can seep into work. So I don't know if that is or has been a factor for Jonathan this. Uh, sorry for for Jacob this year, but it could be. I can't, I can't sit here and tell you that there's no way because I, I think that there's always that opportunity. There's always that um, that chance when something new happens in somebody's life. So. Yeah, I, I, I certainly I've thought that myself at times this year or not thought that, but wondered that myself. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't I don't know for sure, but could absolutely be a possibility. Yeah. And I mean, uh, I don't know. I just felt like it hadn't been talked about or addressed enough or maybe even I don't know. Well, and I mean, at least at least for me versus... on, on a show like this, that's by design. I don't really, you know. I, I try not to get into players' personal lives because, quite frankly, it's none of my business, right? So, you know, if there's something going on in a player's life, and and we know about it, or I know about, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go in depth on it or or even bring light to it because it's it's none of my business. Their their lives their lives are under a microscope professionally more than any other profession, and so that's hard enough to begin with. I don't think their personal life, and and that goes with the territory. When you're a multimillionaire, it kind of goes with the p- territory that, okay, you make you make more than ninety nine percent of the population, and and so that's gonna come with it, the the public scrutiny. That's what goes along with the territory of getting paid like professional athletes do, but their personal lives off limits, and and I just I'm never gonna. I'm never going to talk about it. So, but you bringing it up isn't offside or or uh, off base because I think it's a fair question. No, I mean that's fine. I mean, you know, like we said, wouldn't expect anybody to to pry into someone's personal life. Um, with the trade deadline approaching, just a couple things. Uh, didn't uh, Frank Cervelli say like a couple weeks back, maybe three weeks back, that for sure the Flames would have an answer on the Shillington situation? 
Uh, I don't remember exactly what Frank said. I think that he said that they're hoping for an answer. Um, look, here's what here's what I I know about where the team is on Shillington. I know that they are very much prepared to go into the trade deadline with the assumption he's not coming back. Um, I don't think that they need an answer from him to make up their mind in terms of how they're going to go about it. Uh, maybe their deadline is already passed internally as to when they need an answer by. Um, and, and I think we're probably right near the deadline in terms of just like, does it make any sense for him to come back? So they're very much prepared cap-wise, roster-wise, deadline approach-wise. They're they're very much prepared to go into it as if he's not coming back. I don't believe that we're talking about a situation where they get updates on the reg. I think it's been, you know, a fairly... They, they've given him his privacy. They've given him his time. And when they hear from him, they hear from him. So... That's kind of where things sit right now, and I don't really think that they need a firm answer from them to go into their trade deadline. I really don't. And, uh, you know, just given, you know, the long-term prospects of, you know, the, the team, I mean, obviously you've brought in Huberto for, and Kadri for X number of years, so, like, mm-hmm. and, you know, lots of names have been thrown about, and, you know, people have been saying no to Van Riemsdyk, no to Anderson, no to this guy, no to that guy, so... Is there a guy you think, like age-wise, right winger, that they should be like, you know, maybe targeting for, you know, the next few years if they're not going to be rebuilding or tearing it down, or if they're wanting to still win in the next, you know, next number of years? I mean, at the deadline. Uh, or maybe even if you think that's probably something in the off season. Like, is there a name or two that you don't think that might be uh, fit here? I mean, off the top of my head, the type of guy that. I think that they should go after. I, I don't know if there's anybody right off. I, I honestly don't think from a, a forward standpoint um, there is really anybody that I, I'm super keen them going after. Like I know a lot of people keep bringing up the name Travis Konechny in Philadelphia and insiders like Friedman and Saravelli keep on shooting that down as a possibility because Philadelphia doesn't want to trade them. Uh, trade them rather. So somebody like that, Konechny's really interesting to me, but if Philly's not going to trade him, what does it matter, right? No, I understand that, but I mean, like, do you think that they should add another elite, elite piece, or? I, I mean, I don't know. Again, yeah. I just don't know what elite piece they're going to add. Like, what elite pieces are going to be available this summer? Yeah, that's going to be the problem. Yeah, I, I don't know. I they just, don't. They don't. Uh, like, what happened this off season doesn't happen on the on a regular basis. Um, a guy like Matthew Kachuk hitting the open market like he did, or the market, because it really wasn't the open market, but but Matthew Kachuk becoming available, that doesn't happen very often. And Florida putting the names that they put into the trade to acquire Matthew Kachuk, again, doesn't happen very often. So it's it's kind of hard to go and suggest, well, yeah, they need to go get another elite piece. Well, like... Who? What, who? what What? elite pieces are, are going to be available at, at the deadline? Um, you know, you can tell me Patrick Kane all you want or um, some of the other names that might be out there, but I don't know if any of those guys make a ton of sense for Calgary. So, yeah. I, I guess, I, I, go ahead. Yeah, I know. I guess my fear is that, like, uh, yeah, some guys might still rebound next year, but, like, you know, if Sutter's here again and, 
you know, things are kind of the same. My fear is, again, that they might be struggling to score again next year. And that that could very well be part of their identity for a little while here. That would be tough to swallow. <laughs> I just don't, like, Raj, I don't, like, who do you want them to go get? No, that's the problem. It's like, you know, I don't want them to, you know, mortgage the future, but at the same time. Well, I mean, you know, like, and, and again, how many elite pieces truly come on the market very often? Yeah, they don't. That's the problem. Exactly. So I don't, you know, do they need another elite piece? I, I guess that'd be nice. I just, realistically, is there another elite piece out there to go get? I, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, Timo Meyer, but that guy, I don't know how you're going to fit that in under the under the cap and if San Jose would be trading him in division. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, let's uh, see what happens and, uh, you know, hopefully we can put together another victory against Philadelphia. Thanks, Pat. Good to hear from you, man. Yep. Talk later. And our uh, last call tonight goes to Ali. What's going on, Ali? Hey, Pat. How's it going? Thanks for taking my call. You are welcome, my friend. Uh, just wanted to start off by saying it was a good start to the game. I thought it was uh, really well played. I love their checking tonight. And um, I thought it was one of the more solid games that they played all season. It's been a little bit of a roller coaster season this year, and I thought they held up this game. Um, especially in the first period. I just, I like the ways, you know, uh, some of the guys were checking. Coleman was playing well, things like that. Um, I also wanted to touch on uh, the general consensus, which I agree on that Huberto's play was, was probably one of his best games tonight. And um, I love seeing some of the passes that he, that he made tonight. Uh, something that I haven't seen all season. And, uh, you know, giving flashes of Johnny, not that he's anything related to Johnny, but uh, I thought he had uh, good flashes of Johnny with uh, with the passing and seeing some good good delays and, and, and making some good plays there. Um, uh, Lucic played pretty good tonight. What do you think? Yeah, I thought I, I thought that the line of Lucic, Lewis, and Richie had themselves a, a pretty effective game for what they're asked to do. You know what? I thought they looked pretty good tonight, despite, you know, what everybody says about the fourth line. I thought they... They held up tonight, and they, they looked pretty good. Um, Lucic looked horrible last game, and I thought he kind of made up for it a little bit tonight, making sure he's finishing his checks and things like that. Uh, do you think he uh, stays around for the, the whole season, maybe gets traded at the deadline potentially if a team's looking for something like him? I don't know if a team is looking for, for someone like Lucic. I, I, I personally have always been a big fan of his, so personally I'd like him to stay or make make a way to make a way to find him to stay on the team, but... I don't know if everybody agrees with me on that. Well, I mean, at the deadline, do I think I, – I don't think he's a guy that um, I, I see being moved and, and just because the, the contract is is one that is, is hard to fit in. So and, – and then to get Calgary to eat salary – um, mm-hmm. I, I just don't know. I just it'll don't cost know. us more than it'll it'll gain us, maybe. It, it, well, and it's more it's more about I think it would cost the team acquiring him more than they would probably gain from it. Just just on just kind of you, you bring it up. That's just the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, as for whether okay. or not he's here next year, I think that's still very much up in the air. Yeah, and um, the trade deadline uh, was today. What would uh... What would you do with this team? Would you? I, I'm personally of the bias that uh, they do kind of nothing. Wait till the off season. I haven't been too thrilled with the season. I say ride it out. Pelletier is looking pretty good tonight, 
and has been looking good the last few games. I don't think he'll last the, the whole season on the team. Maybe they'll send them back later on, but I thought that if you know if the trade deadline were today, I'd probably do nothing on my on my personal side. Uh, I'm pretty close to in lockstep with you. I'm I'm pretty much a hundred percent in agreement with you. You know, if they wanted to do something a little bit more on the fringes, um, you know, maybe go out and get a, a a defenseman, a number six type guy that they feel could play on a every night basis or a rotational basis. Uh, that that that's something that I think that I'd be okay with them doing, or that I wouldn't disagree with them doing. But yeah, giving up big time, high leverage assets, I, I'm not in favor of them doing. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm mostly of the Stan Pat variety as well. I agree. Like maybe someone that could rotate with Stone or something like that, just to kind of give them a couple nights there. But uh, do you think Pelletier goes down this season again? As I was mentioning, um, I don't know yet. I mean, I think it'll depend on what they do at the deadline. That, that'll that be part mm-hmm. of it. Um, mm-hmm. But if he keeps playing like this, I, I mean, I see no – right now I see no reason for why we need to – like what, why you'd need – Not I'm not – this is not a criticism of you or why you asked the question. But, like, I, I don't see why anybody would need internally, like organizationally, need to be talking about when he goes back down because he's been good. He's looked like an NHLer. So, um, I, I totally I, I agree. I up. I think he's looked great. I think uh, I've been a big fan of his. Um, I think he fitted right in from game one there, just was kind of like snake bitten there. But uh, I do agree he, he he looked really good from the game. I just think maybe maybe the team is looking in the long term to maybe at some point send him back down, give him a little bit more time, kind of grow his game a little bit more and then set, bring him back. Or he just, you know, blows everyone out of the water and and makes sure he stays on the team and, and and commits and and maybe gets a bigger contract later on. Well, I like the uh, I like the, the the attitude and the approach that he's brought. In that, you know, there's nothing taken for granted here. There's there's nothing entitled. He he is he is going about his business as if each game could be the last game he plays before getting sent down. And I think that continued approach is what's going to keep him up here and make it so that he doesn't get sent down. Because I think right now he's still in a situation where he's earning that next game. So keep earning that next game. And I thought once again, he did that tonight. Yeah. He's playing like a stud. I totally agree. I've been liking him a lot. Um, Lindholm. Do you think Lindholm's had a good season overall? Would you, would you say maybe B B minus? I mean, I guess it depends. Based on his standards, it hasn't been as strong as we've seen. Um, yeah, he's been a little quiet in some games. Some games, but he's he, you still, know, he, he's never bad. Like you never get a bad no. game out of Lindholm. I don't think he's always been defensively as sound. Impactful. I agree. Yeah, I he's, he's not been in... as much of a driver this year. But there's yeah. also been games where he's been good, and he is one of their top scorers. So he is not at a bad season. I just don't. He's not at. You know, last year he was a Selkie Trophy runner-up and deservedly so. Mm-hmm. He was one of the most important players on the team. He still is one of the most important players yeah. on the team. But he was one of the, the biggest two-way drivers in the league last year. Um, this year, not quite at that level, but there's still time. I think he's got the that defensive side of him maybe this year more. And maybe just not as much offense as we've maybe seen from him in the past. And maybe well, again, we've... but the, the, on the offensive side, remember, they are... They, they do score less than they scored last year, period. And Absolutely. He still is, he's still number two on the team in scoring. So he's, yeah. he's, he just hasn't been, in my opinion, as much of a driver 
emphatically as we know he can be, but that's kind of the case for a lot of guys on this team. So, uh, I think maybe we're judging a little too strong. He had 200-point wingers last year, so maybe we're, we're going a little hard on him in well, terms and that, of the, that the is also side. That is also a very fair point in that there's been a lot of turnover and a lot of change and a lot of things to adjust to for Lindholm this year as well. So I, I think yeah. that is very relevant. I appreciate the call tonight, man. You have yourself a great night. You too. Thank you very much. Bye Thanks, now. Alec. Be well. You too. Bye. And that will wrap us up on the phone lines tonight. That'll wrap us up on the text line tonight. Following a 3-2 Flames overtime win over the New York Rangers. This is your Flames Talk postgame show. When we start to wrap things up with your final summary. Here's how this one went tonight. Flames never trailed in this game. They opened the scoring uh, with two quick ones in the first period. So the Flames, by scoring these two goals in the first 46 seconds, Third fastest two goals to start a hockey game in franchise history. Third fastest, the actual fastest was earlier this year when they scored two in the first 30 seconds in December in San Jose. Tonight, two in the first 30, uh, 46 seconds. First of all, 38 seconds in. Andrew Bonjapani makes it one nothing with his 12th. Michael Backlund the assist, so that was 38 seconds in. Then eight seconds later, Nazem Kadri makes it 2 nothing with his 21st of the year. Kadri from Jonathan Huberdeau and Jacob Pelche at the 46-second mark, and just like that, 2-0 in favor of Calgary. That's your score after 20 minutes of play. Rangers get one in the second period thanks to Vladimir Tarasenko. Tarasenko gets his 12th from Vincent Trocek and Artemi Panarin at the 16:53 mark, and it was 2-1 Calgary after 40 minutes of play. In the third period, New York gets a power play, and right at the end of the power play, they score on it to tie this game. Alexi Lafreniere gets his 10th of the year from Trocek and Philip Hedl at 12.47. Power play goal, 2-2 tie, going to overtime. Early in overtime, Hedl is stopped by Jacob Markstrom. A few seconds later, at the other end of the ice, uh, a penalty taken by Adam Fox of the Rangers. It's a high stick on Dylan Dubé, and it sends the Flames to the power play and it took very very little i'm just doing the uh, quick math in my head right now uh it only took 38 seconds on the power play for the flames to score the eventual game winner as huberdo takes the shot michael backland redirects it for the game winning goal backland at 128 of overtime on the power play makes it 3-2 his 11th from huberdo and rasmus anderson at 128 gets us to our 3-2 final score final shots 32-20 in favor of calgary Flames go one for three on the power play tonight. Rangers one for two with the man advantage. Your three stars, number three, Vinny Trocek, number two, Jacob Markstrom, and number one, Andrew Mangiapane with the win. Calgary improves to 26, 19, and 11. They're back in action Monday versus Philadelphia, while New York drops to 33, 14, and nine. Also back in action Monday at home to Winnipeg. That is your final summary, and that'll wrap us up on our Flames uh, Flames talk postgame show. For everybody involved in Flames, Flames Hockey tonight for our broadcast crew of Derek Wills and Peter Labardius for our on-site engineers, Tim Khalil and Evan Cody for our reporter, Matty Rose, and for our outstanding producer, Azam Nanji. My name is Pat Steinberg. Yes, uh, Flames Talk postgame available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. We've been coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. Worried about radon? They install custom mitigation systems to reduce your risk. To learn more and for all things 
Basement T. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Next up for Calgary is Monday afternoon. Note the start time on Family Day. It is a 2 p.m. face-off against Philadelphia, which means our Flames warm-up pregame show gets going at 1 p.m. Have yourself a wonderful rest of your long weekend. We will talk to you on Monday afternoon. Your final score from the Scotiabank Saddledome. Flames 3, Rangers 2 in overtime. This has been your Flames Talk postgame show available wherever you get your podcasts. And this has been Alpine Credits Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. This is CFAC 960 AM, Calgary, Alberta, Canada. A Rogers Sports and Media Radio Station. Flames Radio is only on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Thanks for listening. Sportsnet.ca slash 960 has games and times for the next Flames Radio broadcast. This is a copyright broadcast. No retransmission, streaming, recording, or copying of the broadcast in any way is allowed without the permission of the Calgary Flames Hockey Club and Sportsnet. 960. Calgary's home for the Flames and the National Hockey League is Sportsnet 960 The Fan.